1: I woke up before the sun rose this morning. What do you do today? Oh, is this slash? This is slash. And I woke up listening to Slash. It just pumped me up. This is off of his new album. Yeah. The song here is called Serve You Right. So good. Yeah, you heard that right. Lay down your habit, honey. Love knows... that will serve you know right. Yeah, Slash. <laughs> Miles Kennedy singing. That's who it is. Pull whole album's great. good way to start a Monday because there was a lot that happened over the weekend. As we were just talking about off air, it's like, hmm, we thought it was going to, you know, Christine pristine blasey board will have the thing set on Thursday. Well, wait, no, a pharaoh has another story and uh, Michael Avenatti. Not one, not two, not three, four. Yeah. yeah, good Lord. So I was like, I guess that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, it's like, Nah, that's not what I'm going to talk about. Not at all. I'm going to listen to Slash. I'm going to work out hard in the morning. I'm going to listen to some more Slash. I'm going to listen to a stupid podcast about a Monday Night Nitro from the year 2000 where uh, if folks haven't heard it, I'll recommend it. And by the way, you're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Follow me. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast. If you feel like it, give it a review. Whether you like it or hate it, give it a review. But also on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, free plug to these guys, a podcast called 83 Weeks with Conrad Thompson, he's out of Huntsville, and Eric Bischoff. And it's a great episode where it's a watch-along. I did not watch along. But they pull up a uh, old Monday Night Nitro. It's after Bischoff has left, and Vince Russo, bro, is running the scenes. And every match, like, all four or five is a gimmick match where it's like, okay, looks like they're fighting in a steel cage this match. Okay, now it's a no DQ kendo stick match. Now it's like a six tag team royal, battle royal, battle royal to like for and no justification. It's just like crazy stuff happening until Vince Russo, the guy who's riding all of the wrestling show, ends up winning the heavyweight title himself. And it's just like, this is the worst thing ever put out on television.
0: It's like the whole purpose of that was to win that heavyweight title.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and wrestling always teeters on how bad can it get. But, ooh, that particular show got really bad. So that's what I've been doing today. And then I found, speaking of how bad it can get, because the news can be very frustrating, very frustrating. And it's not as frustrating for me these days because I'm not really on either team But it does get frustrating. Like, this is what we're going to talk about day in, day out. And there was a great piece on fee.org about some old Stoic wisdom. From one guy, Epictetus to Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. And just to distill it down without having to quote all these big names, it was two lessons the Stoics taught on how to manage your anxiety and fear about the world. And this article kind of says, hey, you know, I get that the news can be frustrating, and we're constantly getting barraged with bad news. More so than ever before, because it's so easy to communicate. So let's take these two lessons from the ancient Stoics. Um, The first one is visualizing. Like, ask yourself, what is the worst possible scenario? And actually visualize it. And what happens is, if you actually do the work of visualizing the worst-case scenario, is usually the worst-case scenario won't happen. And the whole idea is, because you've already gone through that exercise of how bad could it get, when something bad happens, you're like, yeah, it's pretty bad, but it could be a lot worse. And you've also prepared yourself to take on the bad thing. Like, you're, you know, readying yourself. And then the other one's kind of uh, found in the serenity prayer. But Epictetus talks about this, too. Just having the knowledge to know what you can control and what you can't control. What you have ultimate control over, what you have a little bit control over, what you have absolutely no control over. I think that's all wise. Mm -hmm. And I try to practice it myself. The wisdom to know the difference. Yes. Because I hear some people talk and it's like, how are we going to change the world? How are we going to save everybody? I don't know. Like there's a big problem in our society. we got to solve it. Like Well, number one, I often hear that angst, and I've done it myself. It's like, what exactly is the problem? These things could be a lot worse, but they're also pretty damn good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Like, I mean I I get that there are bad things, especially in the modern era, where you know, I've tried to change those habits myself. Like, everything comes with a trade-off, good or bad. Like, with social media or, like, mass production of certain types of foods, you probably it's not going to be the greatest thing for you. But, you know, I don't really have to work that hard, and I make a pretty good living. And I work long hours, but I can't imagine, say, literally 200 years ago, this job does not exist. Yeah. So... Wanna I'd be a town crier or something. No no, no, no. You don't think I would be a town crier? No, I think. Uh, gosh, let's see.
0: Um, there's a television show on Stars, Penny Dreadful. That's it's a TV show now, but it's a Penny Dreadful is a horror novel that you sold for a penny or a novelette. Yeah, what have you? You'd be a writer, a Penny Dreadful writer. Perhaps Penny Dreadful or those uh those like nickel westerns. Oh, yeah, like some pulp fiction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I could probably pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like somebody's cuckolded you. Good lord. Yeah. Like the the story of a man driven crazy by his suspicions. <laughs> it turns out his suspicions have gotten the best of him. Nothing's actually happening. And so because he reacts to this, he accuses his wife of doing something. Then he actually makes it come true. It's a terrible story. Self fulfilling prophecy. From the author of Twilight. <laughs> I never read those books. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's too much to me. Yeah. Like I had enough vampire crap when we watched True Blood. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah my mom read those books. I tried to read them. Mm hmm. Oh my God.
1: Just not good.
0: And they were so garbage.
1: I mean, my impression of them, because I did go see one of the movies, it was one of those afternoons where I'm hanging out with all the women, my mom and aunt. and Oh, I was talking about True Blood, the True Blood books. Oh, the True Blood books? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't read the Twilight books. I haven't read those books. I did see that first movie. At least True Blood kind of gives it to you. I'd imagine the books are kind of like weird erotica too, mixed in with the violence. It, it, the show is so much better than the books. Okay, that's good. The books are like—they're
0: just so bad. Yeah. I mean, it—it's hard to describe it without (laughs) (laughs) being super rude. (laughs) (laughs) Suffice it to say, HBO did a wonderful job translating them into the mainstream.
1: Oh, before we at the new house, we had cable. Um, Andrew had the third season on DVD, so we watched some. Now, I was actually hooked. It's a it good show. It's pulpy, kind of silly, over-the-top sex violence. Suki. Okay. Suki. Okay. Like all the vampires going crazy over this one girl that turns out to be a fairy or something like that. Yeah, that's why she can fairy. read minds. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird.
0: Her brother turns into a Panther. <laughs> it's
1: just <Yeah>. absurd. <laughs> It's just, yeah, you're right, it is crazy. It's downright crazy. And it's like, how many hours of my life have I wasted watching that crap? But the Twilight movies, my impression was the complete opposite of True Blood. Where in True Blood, you're like right in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Like people getting killed, blood everywhere, people are having sex. It's, it's nuts. It's an HBO production. Suspense. Mm-hmm. Twilight? All foreplay. Angst all foreplay without any payoff. Well, it is blue. And if that's... Blue, the
0: balls on these people. If there's one thing you're looking for in a vampire love story, it's payoff.
1: Yeah. It's like, at least bite her. Turn her. Yeah. Come on. Anyway. I think that ends up happening, by the way. Eventually. Yeah. It's like, that's three, you know, like hour 45 of foreplay, that's a lot. We're not talking about text messages throughout the day. Yeah, this... We're, like, sitting in a theater quietly. Like, this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I just... uh, Let's continue to go see movies together. Because I don't ever want to become that, like, 50-year-old guy who goes to see the latest movie by himself. And I'm not talking like a Sunday early when nobody's in the theater and you have it to yourself. I've done that. Yeah. But like it's the premiere night or premiere weekend and Mm -hmm. you're just sitting there and it's like a bunch of 20 somethings and teens and you're the 150 year old like up there going, well, I want to see what the latest thing is. I'm not being creepy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be that guy. But uh, it has become incredibly pervasive. Like I was actually. Uh, I ruffled some feathers, I think, when I started this show, where I wanted to talk openly about sex, and I'm not talking about like, not what is it, Dr. Ruth or whatever, I'm not trying to give advice on how to spice up your sex life, but I just talked about why people think it's so funny, it's the source of a lot of jokes, and awkwardness. Yeah. And I thought I did a pretty damn good show about that. But some people reacted, they just heard the word, and were like, oh my goodness, Joey, you can't talk about these things. And I've been struggling with that because the news over the last you know, several months has been nothing but explicit sex and allegations. And it's like the Avenatti allegations. Like, how on FCC airways am I going to talk about this? CNN doing an interview with Stormy Daniels about an excerpt from her book about what Trump's you know, master John Goodfellow looks like. Apparently Toad from Mario Kart.
0: That's what that's what she went with.
1: Yeah, she said it was, looked like a mushroom. That's, I mean, yeah, it's like all of them. Right. Exactly. Some of them have hoods. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just like this is seriously the news. Yeah. And that's what I've been struggling with. Like I would love to cover this, but I can't go into I can go into detail, but Right. It, you, I have it, the you, words, but yeah. should I use them? <laughs> right. Like, oh my goodness. So that's hard to translate. Brings me to one story I was telling you about before we went on. But um I thought these were only going on in Europe. But brothels where you don't go have intercourse with actual women, but uh, but sex robots. Specifically, sex robots. Like, there's
0: not going to be a Roomba. Uh, There may be a Roomba there, but its purpose is to
1: clean the rooms. I actually saw a fantastic comedy video from a group called We the Internet. Um, That one of those guys, Lou Perez, at that conference I went to. We need to get Lou on the show. And uh, it's him, Lou, pretending to be an anchor, talking about how automation and artificial intelligence is displacing people in their jobs. And he's like, no, we're talking to a big rig driver, uh, Chuck. He's like, yeah, the robots are stealing my jobs and they stole my wife! I'm not real worried about the Tesla automated, you know, semis. I'm worried about the the sex robots. I mean, I can't please my wife that way. I'm working 18 hours a day. And then I, I come home what? and I got, her, I got her a Roomba, and now she's married to him! <laughs> but there's this brothel, apparently already being opened up in Texas. And, let's see. Because life can always get stranger, writes Nick Gillespie of Reason.com. Here's a relatively feel-good story for a week that promises to be a crap show on steroids. He didn't say crap. A short drive of North Toronto, $60 buys a half hour alone with a life-size doll that's, quote, Warm and ready to play. Ew. Customers take rented sex robots to a private room in a warehouse near an emissions testing center before returning them for cleaning. And they're now looking to move from Canada to 10 locations in the U.S. by 2020. How? Because there's no regulation. The guy Yuval... Let's just leave it. Gabriel, Yvonne Gabriel, says the states is a bigger market and a healthier market, and God bless Trump. <laughs> and so they're looking to move it into Houston. But anti-prostitution activists in Houston aren't having it. They're anti-prostitution activists? Yes, it is a group called Elijah Rising. It's a Houston based nonprofit group with the goal of, quote, ending sex trafficking through prayer, awareness, intervention, and restoration. Uh, perhaps
0: calling themselves anti sex traffic activists would be better. Because yeah. anti prostitution activists just sounds like
1: too. Right. It's too Puritan. Yeah. It's too puritanical, too prohibitionist. Anti sex trafficking? I'm, let's do that. I'm well, game. Let's stop that's, sex trafficking. Well, Prostitution? That's an, an, well, it's an interesting thing I've learned is there are sex workers who work in some places where it's legal where they have said, I get added, working legally is like a full-grown person. I get added to statistics in sex trafficking when you're comparing me to, say, some kid who's been kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. I'm a Full-grown adult, and I'm doing this voluntarily, and I enjoy what I do. Right. I make a lot of money doing it, and don't compare me to a kid who's being forced to do this against their will. Right. And I think that's a dirty game that gets played, where if to push the cause, they'll balloon statistics by including people that are you know full-grown doing it on their own, yeah. Compared to, and it's all under the umbrella of sex trafficking, and they're apparently saying. This is an actual petition on Change.org from this group, Elijah Rising. That sounds like, I'm sorry, Joey, that sounds like a euphemism. Yeah, Elijah Rising? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit... Well, do you remember... Like, you
0: could you could get an Elijah Rising for 40 bucks on Court Street or something. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's just... It, <laughs> it sounds like so... a euphemism.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, well, because, I mean, perverts, man. They've just ruined the language. <laughs> All language. Yeah. (laughs) But do you remember, and just to make a point, how activists can be tone deaf to comedy? We're Catholic. It's high school, I think, maybe 10th grade. I can't remember the exact year. It all blurs together. It was so long ago. Okay. But Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD, came in to give a presentation. Yeah. And it's a pretty, like anybody who's lost their child to drunk driving... And it's a mom, like, very passionate and crying even. It's like, okay, I'm listening. But then they completely ruined the effect of their presentation by handing out koozies. Yeah. And the koozie said, I believe no beer in here. To which every kid in that assembly with a brain went, well, I'm going to put a beer in there. Yeah. So when you name your group Elijah Rising, it's kind of the same effect. Now we're thinking of, like, does that go for 40 or 60? What what would that even be? (laughs) Yeah, what would that even be? I I
0: remember (laughs) as either 7th or 8th grade, you almost got suspended. I did? I think it was you were in the group. It was like a group presentation for, like, a math class. And Mm. you named everything Johnson?
1: No, I wasn't in the group, but I remember this. Where it was a math project, where it was a group project, and you had to create a product using... You know geometry mm-hmm. and and present it like it was a you're a telemarketing firm, and so they made a perfect like a cube and had one of our buddies' Aaron stick his head up in it to where it's like his head in this box. it's like introducing a brand new computing machine, the Johnson. <laughs> It's like, turn Johnson on. And we all thought it was hilarious. I don't think the teacher understood it. Right. And then more people started to laugh, and she's like, something's afoot here. What are these kids doing? And sometimes, like, the tone deafness is like, oh, wow. You need to keep up with times. So anyway, I got to get to the name of this petition, Elijah Rising, this anti-prostitution group, has put on change.org. The name of their petition is... Keep robot brothels out of Houston. It's pretty straightforward. Their petition has 5,900 signers, and they're pushing for 7,500 people. what, and, what
0: happens when they get to 7,500? I don't know. Do they get a, a cookie? Yeah,
1: and maybe it's like one of those, like in school, where we'd sell poinsettias or like cookies or mm-hmm. or the coupon booklets, and you get like a free jump rope. Maybe they'll get jump ropes for everybody. Think like To wrangle sex traffickers? Yeah, we, or do some double-unders. Just get out all that extra energy. Yeah. Anyway, um, they say that robot brothels will just create an expansion of the already dehumanized act of sex-buying. Sex robots sexually objectify women and children. They're also going to be male sex robots, ladies and gentlemen. I love how that's always left out of the prostitution conversation. Yeah. No such thing as a gigolo. But uh, Nick Gillespie of Reason.com writes, There's no reason to believe that increased access to pornography increases sexual crime. A belief that underpins Elijah Rising's position vis-a-vis sex dolls and sex robots. In fact, there's a wealth of evidence supporting the idea that the proliferation proliferation of porn over the last few decades is one of the reasons that sexual assaults are declining. He sends, He adds some links here. And there are many reasons to believe that recent crackdowns on prostitution done in the name of ending quote-unquote sex trafficking are having the negative effect of pushing more women onto the street in less safe environments for everybody involved. Prohibition, whether booze, drugs, or sex, tends to do all that, which I think Mr. Gillespie has a good point. Yeah. That it leads to unregulated markets. Desperate people get pushed into. Other people get literally into bondage. They are, uh, like, sex slavery. It's terrible. And, I don't know, you would think it, it's... The prohibitionist mindset, like, even stuff I don't like, like, the most I want to prohibit is, like, murder. Like, you can't steal from folks, you can't kill anybody, don't, don't go around beating people up. Like, yeah. I want to prohibit that. But... Like uh, vaping. Like vape pens, electronic, e-cigarettes, whatever. People that for years have run anti-smoking campaigns, like cigarettes, other forms of tobacco, <coughs> they, uh, you would think that this new product that's much safer, might not be the safest thing in the world, but everything has some risk to it. Yeah, They are against people doing e-cigarettes. Even though it's an improvement on, say, smoking actual cigarettes. It's all or not. You don't have to do it at all. Yeah. It's just that mentality that drives me nuts.
0: Yeah. I think with the uh, the, the prostitution thing, you, you said something like, why don't people think? Well, if you're against prostitution, full stop. Mm. You don't really think beyond that. Yeah. I mean, if this... This gentleman, what was his
1: name? Uh, The guy who was running the brothels? Yeah. Uh, Yuval Gavriel. This this guy, Mr.
0: Mr. Mm Gavriel, is bringing in his sex robots. That's trafficking, sir. That's sex trafficking. That's robo-sex trafficking. (laughs) But from the perspective of the anti-prostitution people, I can see how they would be like, Whoa, whoa, I got to be consistent here, okay? (laughs) No, no sex trafficking. Period. Human or otherwise. But it gets to the root of
1: it. Where I think Minkin said that Puritanism is the fear that somewhere, somehow, somebody is having a, a good time, and it gets. That's the actual point. It, I think you can make an argument, even if I believe in legalizing prostitution. If you say we should not legalize it, it should continue to be illegal. I can still understand the point that it's. Degrading in a way that it, you know, can ruin people's dignity, their sense of what sex should be. I went to Catholic school, I know all the arguments, and I think they're damn good arguments. But I think that should be a personal choice, is where I come down on it. But once you start like saying, Oh, you're not exploiting a certain person by paying them, you're now exploiting a thing that doesn't even have consciousness, stop doing that to yourself. It's like where do you get the gall, you and 7,500 people, hopefully, for you guys, to tell me what I can do with you know, my own Master John Goodfellow?
0: Look, if, if no one's going to provide these sex robots, people are going to be having sex with Roombas. Right. We talked about it earlier. Right. It'll do you happen. want that?
1: <clears throat> I don't want that.
0: I don't want that either.
1: I don't want it at all. No. Right. Sex with Roombas. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've run into a Roomba. They don't even work that well. They yeah, even you fa- ran
0: in, You ran into it like yeah, you tripped and fell. You, yeah. in and out of a Roomba
1: repeatedly. Not, no, not repeatedly. <laughs> oh, I just okay. tripped once, and it made the dog angry. And
0: you know, actually, I've, I don't think I've ever actually seen a Roomba.
1: They don't. It, in my experience, they don't work that well. They keep getting hung up on the furniture. Oh, okay. They malfunction. Just stay in the corner. Yeah, like button heads against the corner. I'm not a big fan of the Roomba.
0: Roombas should be neither seen nor heard.
1: Right. and Once we start getting to... Somebody made a comment that... Man, robots in our not-too-far-away... Like uh, Blade Runner future... Are going to look back and go... What you people did to us? <laughs> and there's going to be hell to pay. And there might very well be hell to pay. But it's just bizarre. If it's- only you would
0: listen... To those anti-prostitution people... When the sex robots were
1: on their way to Houston... All right, if only if ugh. it's just bizarre, man, it's a weird world, like I don't, in all seriousness, have any desire to go to a sex
0: robot brothel, and from what your description of it was, it sounded like a warehouse,
1: yeah, I'm not no, I'm not interested in warehouses, I'm not. I guess there's some weird people, and that's self selection shouldn't we be encouraging that if you're gonna be going. To a place like that, I mean, you're probably not getting any any other place. It's self selection. Yeah. Now, like, let them jump out of the gene pool. I can
0: I can this is um this is just really in poor taste, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Okay. I could see a, a SCOTUS nominee half a century down the line.
1: Half a century. Away. Half yeah. Yeah, we're this not has, talking about Kavanaugh. Uh,
0: no. 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 But half a century down the line, when they're bringing up saying sexual past Mm -hmm. because of accusations, would this nominee clarify do sex robots count? (laughs) Because in that case,
1: yes, every day. What did you think I was doing in my ivory tower? Yeah, I had
0: a lot of books to read. I needed I, to let off some steam. I didn't touch any women for a long time. It the was Twilight just,
1: movies weren't doing it for me. I know they're a classic at this point, but <laughs> True Blood was a little too far for me. I needed my own reality.
0: I've got Fifty Shades of Grey on Blu-ray and not an augmented reality. That's how much I enjoy it. I'm a purist, okay? <laughs> but it does, it does bring world. up an interesting point. Like If you're going to... I mean, I'm sure this is just an odd judgment since we're talking about people that would actively seek out um, recreation with sex robots. I said recreation. A a good time with sex robots. Sure. It's not like... You know, I wonder what the overlap is between that and people who would beat women or actively sex traffic.
1: Right, okay. Okay. No, I see your point. Like if someone To Elijah Rising's point that this will lead to more dehumanization, what is the actual fact behind that?
0: Well, if someone really wants to go get some, mm-hmm. and they have the option to go, whether it be a, a legal human brothel where people want to be there like at a bunny ranch or something. Yeah,
1: somewhere in Nevada.
0: Or they, they want to go to a sex robot brothel. God, that's absurd. It is absurd. It's weird
1: talking about
0: it. Yeah. But if they can go and do that, and do it they they pay for the service, they enjoy mm-hmm. the service all of a sudden they're not going out and capturing and abusing someone. isn't that a good thing?
1: Well, the same argument is like, isn't it better for me to do the vape instead of the cigarette? No, it's the same thing. Don't do it at all, yeah, and the cold turkey approach usually doesn't work, and I don't know i don't I haven't looked into this, I'm not a researcher on like. Sex, sexual assault, and trafficking, and, and and then people's weird proclivities and perversions. Yeah, it's just it's a story that jumped out to me, and my libertarian in me went, "Why are you trying to ban that?" Yeah, it seems like a waste of your time. Anyway, folks, you're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. We're going out with another track off the new Slash album, "Read Between the Lines." <laughs> You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. As usual on Mondays, Troy is alongside me. And I hope everybody's enjoying themselves. Is everybody having a good time?
0: Ah, yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh,
1: wow. Really good time. This is a good song called The Great Pretender.
0: puts me on like a desert highway. Never I know.
1: Think of a rock star kind of traveling around the world. Back home.
0: Great Miles Kennedy is so good. Yeah, good
1: voice. Really good. When the light I'm thinking Slash wrote that. It's a very introspective song. Yeah. Just listened to an interview with a Slash on Mark Maron's podcast, his WTF podcast. Really good stuff.
0: Was that the one where he said that rock isn't mainstream anymore and he kind of likes that?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think he has a point. It's yeah. not the mainstream thing. If I had to describe pop music today, I don't know where to begin. Because it's a mix of stuff. Yeah. Thoroughly, really is.
0: thoroughly mixed.
1: Yeah, like there's definitely hip-hop influences, but it's now gone beyond that to more just sampling in general. Mm-hmm. So how can we Pro Tools everything and, and whatever culture or genre can kind of be thrown into that format? That's the point Slash He's like, there's country, so-called country songs that now have been mainstreamed and they sound like everything else on the radio. Yeah, and I'm not a, not a huge fan of that crap. I mean, some songs catch my ear, but yeah. I'm not a huge fan. But uh, this weekend, got to go see my soon-to-be sister-in-law, mm-hmm. my brother's fiancée, Caroline, receive her white coat for, what is it, osteopathic medicine? Mm-hmm. She went through the two-month intensive down in Dothan and uh, got her white coat. And It was like one of these graduation ceremonies. This was the fun part about it. I said, please hold your full applause till after everybody receives all 100 and something receive their white coats. But you know, especially when a certain kid gets the white coat and it's like 20 family members there, it was like, is Ric Flair in the audience? Woo, woo, Hey! yay. Well, there's this one guy who walked out and they would announce his name. It was like, Saeed so-and-so. Saeed Zayad. And you hear one guy behind us in the back go, Oh my God, Saeed's a doctor. <laughs> like everybody in our row was like, couldn't hold back. Go, oh my God, he's a doctor. Saeed. That's awesome. But then there was another one where I couldn't contain myself because it's a guy announcing the names in a very serious voice. goes, Please come forward, Benjamin Butters. He's <laughs> kind of this baby face white kid. <laughs> and what an unfortunate name. Like, uh, Dr. Butters, we got a serious situation on hands. I know you're on call tonight. Um, then that just made me think of like, son, you broke the curse. You're going to be a doctor. You broke the Butters curse. Don't you dare give up, son. Where's We're- Dr. Butters? He slipped out. <laughs> don't you dare quit son we butters don't quit it's just oh wow what a name benjamin butters yeah it was it was funny seeing how different people reacted like you could tell certain folks were really over the top overjoyed and i mean the most adorable moment was this guy walks across and he looked a little older like he was in his 30s and you know he just was getting into medical school and you heard in out of the silence, not a woo, not a oh, science doctor. You didn't hear any of that. You heard this little kid's, a little boy's voice go,
0: Yay, Daddy
1: <laughs> And I looked over, this kid's in like a little kid tuxedo, little kid suit. Mm-hmm. Like that is the most adorable thing. The mom's got like another baby on in her arm, another one like she didn't have an actual leash, but you know the image. Like, she's holding the other kid, and then this like, had to be five or six. Yay, daddy! And the whole audience (laughs) oh, Melted hundreds of hearts that afternoon. Yeah, It's always interesting. I wish I had not gone to my graduation at Auburn. It was miserable. Super hot that day. Yeah. Instead of doing it in the arena or like Doing it in tranches like one day is going to be A through J or whatever. Or these particular colleges. Yeah, they
0: they did the whole shebang.
1: The whole class. It was hot as hell. Salt in the wound. We wore black graduation caps and gowns. Mm -hmm. And, And what was miserable for me is our keynote speaker was press secretary for Barack Obama, Robert Gibbs. God. I still remember what that a-hole said. And this is just the whole mentality. I There's stuff that happens on the right where I'm like, you don't have to say that. That's a little callous. That's a little harsh. There's stuff I can criticize all day long. But there's a pretty consistent point of view on the left. Where Robert Gibbs said this, and he summed it up perfectly. He's like, now just remember, when a door opens for you, don't turn around and shut it on the next person. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
0: I'm sorry, Mr. Gibbs. This whole thing is a metaphor.
1: Right. Like, yeah, that's my goal in life, to, like, find success and screw everybody else. Yeah. What do you think of me, or of most people who find success? I don't know many people, even really successful people, who there might be some people who are more conservative than others. I'm talking about in terms of the risk they take. There might be some people that are more to themselves than other people. Some people are more social. But I don't know too many people who are like, I got mine. Now, go away. I don't want to help anybody. I just... That mindset of people who are successful are successful because they have this single-mindedness and only care about themselves. Right. And it's like, give me a break, Gibbs. Yeah. Give me a break. (sighs) But I was tempted because you had to write your name on the back of some card so the announcer could you know, get your name correct when you walked out on stage. I was very tempted to not write Joey Clark. I was very tempted to write Turd Ferguson. But I was like, my parents helped pay for this. They're here in the audience. This day's more for them than for me. Yeah, I was I was sitting with my girlfriend at the time's
0: parents and I remember seeing your mom and dad. They were like, hey! Hey!
1: Come sit with us! I was like, I've, I've got a prior obligation. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm here for Joey, too. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird day. And knowing you put it well, I think you told your parents. Like, you said, like, didn't your parents ask, is Joey, like, proud or something?
0: I, I can't recall. I'm sure they did.
1: Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. You're like, nah, it's just another... Just another day for for old Joey Freeze. Yeah. And that's how I still feel about it. It's like, in some ways, I'm like, man, it was a waste of money. <laughs> it's a waste of money. And I feel like they're... And luckily, I didn't end up leaving saddled with debt. Yeah. Like, I know people in my own life who have debt because they went to school. And it's like, what a scam in many ways. Yeah. like Because colleges will play up these opportunities. Like, hey, you get a degree here, you have a great opportunity to get a job. And in most cases, it's not a great opportunity to get a job. And there are certain fields where yes, if you go into those particular colleges at the university, you'll do well.
0: Yeah. If you get an engineering degree from Auburn or a veterinary degree from Auburn, yeah. you're getting a good job. Right. You're getting a really good job. If you get the pharmaceutical degree from Auburn or PharmD, good job.
1: Yeah. Industrial design, second best in the
0: mm-hmm. nation. Some jobs out of the School of Business, awesome.
1: Yeah. But... Political science degree from the College of Liberal Arts at Auburn University? Mm, not really. Geography. The degree doesn't mean much. Did you end up with geography? Right. Yeah. You just were like, no. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a... I was thinking about that the other day going, yeah, it's, I, I think I got it right. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it just seems like a. I When I look at young kids, unless they know exactly what they want to do, don't waste your time find something else find something else Um, because it will probably suit you'll probably make more money and save more money number one yeah and your life will have to be more structured than it would if you went to a university and you know I'm not knocking people that you know take their university really seriously they exist but I just I realized once I was in the middle of it this was the wrong choice (laughs) the wrong choice so um, we got another news story no it's not Brett Kavanaugh and all these accusers it's not is uh, Rod Rosenstein a white hat or a black hat or I guess that depends on your perspective I think that guy's really he's a sphinx it's like what is Rosenstein up to (laughs) because the left's like don't you dare resign that means somebody else will take over the Russia investigation Of course, which means don't fire him, Trump. But Trump kind of wants to fire him if what he said is true in the press. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Thursday
0: is going to be the big day. Oh, yeah. For everything.
1: Everything. We get the hearing with Dr. Ford and Brett Mm -hmm. Kavanaugh. We get uh, Rosenstein meeting with Trump himself.
0: He's just going to walk in and he's going to be like, why did you tell Axios I was resigning? And Trump's going to be like, because I want to fire you, but I can't. And then <laughs> that's going to be the stalemate.
1: Pretty much.
0: And they're going to be like, okay, uh, so you want to get in on this Kavanaugh hearing?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to watch it together. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, what is, that's what's so funny to me before we get to this last story of the day, the important important story I read this morning, uh, is a lot of the, the vitriol expressed in the press, like... Trump doesn't like Jeff Sessions and Trump has said stuff or Trump doesn't like Rosenstein or Mueller. You better believe, even after saying all that crap, those guys could sit down and have dinner. I think they would. Like, well, Trump's not going to sit down with Mueller anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, I I think there's a lot made of, like, how divided we are. But they're all playing a game, and they know it.
0: You saw it with Senator McCain's death. Yeah. So many people from both sides were like, Sorry, man. Yeah. Like, like you could see the mutual respect there. And it wasn't those people on both sides that were like, oh my God, this is so hypocritical. It was the people with sticky Twitter fingers that were like, but you used to hate this guy. What are you doing? It's like, like, hold hold on, hold on. You've been whipped into such a frenzy Mm -hmm. that you can't see past basic human dignity.
1: I agree. Part of that, uh, not the... I thought Joe Biden did an incredible eulogy at the memorial in arizona i thought it was really good he talked like a man who just lost a son uh to that disease and like as somebody who lost his mom to that exact type of cancer watching biden who i've yelled about all the time on the radio give that heartfelt uh testimony that eulogy was uh it was very well done there were some aspects when McCain died where everybody was hailing him as, like, the statesman of our time. Oh, yeah. And I was like, God, give me a break. If he's uh, the example of a statesman, we're in a lot of effing trouble. If your
0: nickname is the
1: Maverick... Yeah, give me a break. Anyway, yeah. sometimes friendships can go awry. and I hope this doesn't become you and I, you know, 30 years from now. But a man in Indiana was jailed over the weekend after he was accused of reaching for his handgun instead of his Shazam app. Yeah, I don't write this crap.
0: Yeah, whoever wrote that, they put the they put the period on the end there
1: I was like... Justin Mack for USA Today. Yeah. Yeah. It was over a Bruno Mars song. Roger Washburn, 71, is facing a charge of battery after a Friday night incident at his home in Indiana. The investigation began when a man told officials from the Johnson County Sheriff's Office that he and another man were hanging out with Washburn on Friday night. The man told police that they have all been friends for 50 years. The man said they were all talking when an argument broke out over a song and its artist. The man said the song they were debating was sung by Bruno Mars, but Washburn said, no, it's not sung by Bruno Mars. He didn't sing that song. When the man showed Washburn proof that it was indeed a Bruno Mars song, the argument grew more intense. They both stood up and continued to argue until Washburn pulled a gun on him. The man said he responded to the brandish weapon by calling Washburn a chicken... Yes. Yeah. And Washburn swung the weapon at him, striking the man in the face and the arm. The gun went off and... It struck the gun went off when Washburn struck the man. then shoot trigger discipline. I know. Don't have your finger on the trigger like that. Man. Trigger discipline is really important. then he took a swing at Washburn and missed. the gun went off a second time. No one was shot during the incident. When asked by no one called the police, the man said he and his other friend were shocked over what happened. And they arrested Washburn, took his thirty eight revolver. But here's the thing, folks, and it's been driving me crazy all day the police report does not say what Bruno Mars song the men were arguing about it's like how how do you miss that detail Johnson whatever county sheriffs do you want more incidents like this because that's how you get more incidents like this
0: we need to make it clear that it was that particular Bruno Mars song
1: yes because maybe there's something about that song sonically that just sends people. Somebody's
0: fits. somebody's going to read that article. They're going to be hanging out with their buddy, and they're going to be like, "You know what song I bet they were talking about?" Yeah. And then the same thing happens again. It's a curse. Yep.
1: Yeah. I bet it was Versace on the floor.
0: I don't even know what that
1: is. You don't know Versace on the floor? There's there's quite a few Bruno Bruno Mars songs well, that this I, is I off do that, not know. that new song that new album that one album of the year last year. I bet you it was this one. Is that P from Romeo? I don't know, but it's funky. <laughs> Getting grown and sexy in here. Can, Can you imagine a 70-year-old man hitting another man with this song on in the
0: background? This, this song makes me want to make, like, custom soaps.
1: Custom soaps.
0: Oh <laughs> Custom soaps? Yeah. think get some borax. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> music, take, music takes me places. Well, this is going to be a hell of a week. Yeah, I, I don't envy your Thursday.